Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, you're listening to the Gospel Addict Podcast. Uh, I'm Greg Bryan. I'm joined with my co-host, Jim Reske, and it's just Jim and I tonight. Just want to give you some you know, exciting updates of things that have happened with us. I, I just recently returned from leading a group of people to the Holy Land. So I'm going to talk, Jim's going to interview me a little bit about that. And then, Jim, I wanted to start out with an, getting an update from you on the book that you're working on. No, thanks, Greg. First of all, great to be with you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for who's out there listening in. Um, yeah, so the book's been quite a journey. been working on it for a while now, a couple of years, and um, put together a manuscript last year. And I think I may have told our listeners this, that I got a manuscript together and started working with an editor who has published five Christian books himself and um, who really worked with me and went through things, uh, the, the draft of the fine-tooth comb, and, and not just like editing to make suggestions, but really reorganizing everything, reorganizing the thought flow, understanding who the target audience is, kind of the kind of discipline you have when you're really writing a book, not just writing out a stream of consciousness. Because um, when I started it out, Greg, you know, I'm just so, I'm so excited about the content, which is the gospel, which is what makes you and I gospel addicts, that I just had so much to write, and it's just getting it out was important. And then giving it to somebody who say, yeah, that's great, but let's really organize it like a book and put it together. Well, and because we might have people just listening for the very first time, can you talk about just the the topic of the book? Yeah, the basic top, topic of the book is the gospel gap. It's an illustration you and I talk about all the time, and it's a contrast of two different ways to live your Christian life. And um, you might think of it as outside-in transformation versus inside-out transformation. Um, uh, but but the basic notion is that you, if you want to draw a picture of the Christian life, you could do it by just drawing a simple graph of uh, holiness on the y-axis, with a vertical axis, and then time on the horizontal axis. And if you want to say, well, what does a Christian life look like? You would draw a diagonal line that starts at the bottom left and moves up to the top right. And if you stop there, of course, that looks like every other religion, because every religion is based on a set of rules you have to follow, which means over time, you become a better and better Jew or better and better Hindu, better, better Muslim or Buddhist, anything as a set of tenets, rules, principles, and that they will call holiness or righteousness or goodness or anything. And over time, you moved from the bottom left uh, to the upper right, you become better and better in that religion. And this view applied to Christianity is that the gospel uh, starts you off. It's a little cross in the bottom left corner of that illustration. Starts you off, gives you a clean slate, and then the rest is up to you. And spiritually, that would be mean your justification is by faith and by grace. But your sanctification, your Christian walk, how you grow in Christ, your Christian life, your Christian experience is all driven by you and your hard work and effort. And uh, I think, Greg, we talk about the ABCs. How do you put that when we talk about that? Well, for some people, the gospel is the ABCs of the Christian life, and then you move on to deeper, you know, doctrine. But really, what 
you and I believe with all our hearts is that the gospel is not the ABCs. It's the A to Z of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. You never move beyond it. It's just as important for Christians as for non-Christians. Um, and that that changed my life because I, as a young Christian, I kind of fell into the trap of what you just shared of thinking that, you know, Christ got me, you know, my salvation was through the gospel, through what Christ did for me on the cross, paying for my sins. But when it comes to being a better Christian, it was all up to me and my hard work and effort. But with, that leads you to a lot of pride if you're successful. If it's successful. Yeah, if you're successful or sort of despair if you're not successful. And I can remember kind of feeling both those um, um, feeling both those as as a, a struggling Christian. And I, you know, realized I kind of moved beyond the gospel. Yeah. And I needed to kind of return to the gospel. And that really, um, you know, through God's grace and and teaching teachings I was exposed to from, you know, both of us really appreciate the ministry of uh, Dr. Timothy Keller. That's right. That really kind of brought me back to, wait a minute, you know, grace is what saves me. The gospel is what saves me, but it's also the key to our spiritual growth and development. So you described that you described the one way. So quickly describe the, the new illustration. Yeah, and I think since you're kind of very similar to your personal experience, Greg, and this is before you and I met. I mean, my personal experience to my early 30s was just like yours and really getting burned down on it, feeling, and I write about this in the book, but just feeling like yeah, this is just so hard. It's so hard when you think about your Christianity on a scale of one to 10 and you feel like you could never get above a five or maybe a six on a good day. Maybe I reach to a seven, then I'm back to a three or two. And you talk about, you know, if you do get up the, uh, that ladder, you feel a little bit of pride. And in fact, you're if you're a spiritual leader and you have that view of the Christian life, you would say, well, absolutely, I want to use pride and fear as motivational tools, because the whole point is to move you up and to the right. And so, um, but you, you really burn out on it. And we got to the point where we were almost ready to walk away from the whole thing, feeling like it's, it's just too hard. And that's when we started, we lived in New York City, we attended Tim Keller's church and really started to hear the gospel in a totally different way. And, and it's really depicted in this thing I want to write about, which is this illustration to show how the gospel is operative for your whole Christian life. It's 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 the A to Z. You never, like you said a minute ago, you never leave the gospel. That's why we're gospel addicts. That's why I feel like, um, I felt like when it happened, when I really started to get a glimpse of that gospel, I was, I was born again already, but then I was born again again and felt like, I just can't stop talking about Jesus. That's why I love, I just really actually why we love, love doing this podcast uh, together. Uh, just to love talking about Jesus. And that's why we say, that's why the whole podcast is called gospel addicts because uh, we're, we're addicted to, to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus. Cause we think it's the best news ever. Best news ever. And I think people, you know, we're always stunned, right? When people don't take the offer, why would you not take this offer? You know, and I think part of it is because people look at Christianity like that single line. They say, wait, the, you're offering me the chance to move up, the, to apply myself with a lifetime of toil and hard work and effort to maybe please a God who's never satisfied. No, thanks. Or they're already living the Christian life. They're saying, I've kind of had it. Like, I'm always feeling bad and guilty. I never measure up. 
no thanks. And when we when you get a glimpse of the real gospel, you say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Why wouldn't you take it? So um, anyway, the contrast is looking at that. I'm sorry, you're going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, isn't a big part of the, the book that you're writing uh, contrasting religion from the, the gospel from religion, the difference between religion versus the gospel? Yeah, and I, I think that the, the, we spent a lot of time actually on that first, the illustration we just talked about, because that is a religious way of thinking of your Christian life. That, you know, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. And I climb the ladder, maybe, maybe at the end of my Christian life. I, I'll bet you a lot of our listeners will resonate with this. If you At the end of your life, maybe you'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Aren't those words you want to hear? Won't your, won't your heart swell up with pride? Is everyone else behind you in line? Their spirits are crushed because they're not going to hear. But you, you've done better. You're, you're, you're a nine out of ten. We all come in. We, we rarely get people like you around here. <laughs> well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that great? That's and that's supposed to be motivational, but it's crushing, right? It's, and it, that whole way of thinking about even that verse is driven because you're reading the Bible through that single line paradigm, which isn't right. It isn't the gospel. So, but anyway, we try to kind of treat all that in the book and then kind of shift to what you know sometimes call a double line paradigm or basically the gospel gap for short, which I think is a shorthand way of thinking about it. So going back to that verse, the well done, thou good and faithful uh, servant, what what do you think the gospel, looking at that through the lens of the gospel, what does that look like? Well, you know, because we talked about this before, Greg, but the servant in that verse isn't you. We read the Bible, read ourselves into it, and we say, it's all about me. It's all about what I've got to do. And when God, when God is going to look at me at, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the judgment, he is going to look at me through the lens of everything Jesus has done and all my evil, rotten to the core, sinful self is going to, has been put on him and wiped away. And all his glorious righteousness has been put on me in the great exchange, right? Uh, that's the verse Isaiah 1. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. That's the great exchange. And in that, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But it's capital S servant because it's Jesus's record and not mine. Mm. That's All... also 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Exactly. God made him who had no sin to be sin um, for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. I don't know That's if I quoted true. that exactly right, but uh, it's. I think I got the, the gist of it. You did. Um, there's just so many verses when you when you when you really understand what we're the shift. It's a massive shift, massive shift um, in thinking of your sanctification. This isn't your salvation. This is your sanctification. That's right. It's a massive shift, and when you start reading the Bible through this lens, you it's the the Bible just comes alive. I mean, there's verses like in First Corinthians chapter one, verse eighteen, which says, "For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing." But to us, to us as believers who are being saved, it's the power of God. That's right. I mean, right. and then, you you know, Peter writes, you know, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Grow in grace. That's, right. That's exactly what you're talking about. What does it mean to grow in grace? It's inside out. It's not outside in. So often religion is outside in. It's like, you know, we, we do, 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 do all this stuff. But the gospel but is, it's been is D-O-N-E, it's done. It's been done, done for us 
through that's right Christ, through the cross so right. as you've been working on your book and i know you've been working on it for quite some time you're you're uh, reorganizing is there any um anything you want to share like related to like some some cool um you know ways that you've reorganized it or or yeah well, so actually right now, you just mentioned this, the, the, the word shift. I'm just finished, uh, polishing off a couple of chapters towards the middle of the book that really talk about this gospel shift, this paradigm shift, and the notion that it is a paradigm shift. You see the world through that lens, the single line lens, like every religion. And um, and if you read the Bible through the, that lens, a lot of things just don't make sense. A lot of things don't make sense. You say these, these Old Testament characters are supposed to be examples for us. They're supposed to be nines and eights and nines on the one to 10 scale, they're awful. They do all kinds of miserably bad things. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. And it's because you're using the wrong paradigm because you're using that single line paradigm to read it. And then the the people, the Bible is filled with stories of people who make the shift from the single line to the double line. So from a religious paradigm to a gospel paradigm and contrast, oh, sometimes in the same chapter with people who don't make the shift or refuse to make the shift or can't make the shift. Right. And um, anyway, I go, go into great detail about that. But this this contrast of like, and that's why Jesus says so many times, he uses metaphors of opening your eyes and healing a blind person so that they may see. And these people are blind in their sins, but they want to open their eyes. The opening your eyes in the gospel, and, and there are those, our listeners who are Christians will get this right away, right? Suddenly when you get the gospel, everything looks different. It's a paradigm shift. It's a, it's it, the lens through which you look at the world shifts completely, and you see everything differently, including all those old passages you read before that seem to be motivational stories for you to be just like them and work hard to climb up the ladder and turn your six into a seven and keep going. And now you say, oh, there these people are recipients of free grace, just like me. You know, they're lost in their sins, just like me, and God gave them His righteousness. So, anyway, that's what I've been working on recently, and. It's 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 coming together, and hope my hope is this year we can really get it out there and get some public in front of some publishers, and we'll see what happens. Have you been adding new content? Some of the content I have, uh, some of its reorganization stuff I've already written. The new content is trying to put it to uh, 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 understand in terms of Christian leaders and how they can use it, and then also in evangelism, how it can be used in evangelism, because a lot of the evangelical tools we use in the past are really kind of simple and fall short really. Um, and don't, I don't think they kind of make the always work with a modern audience. So trying to relate it and touch, have a touchdown where it can be used as a tool for evangelism. Um, that's some of the new content. Okay. How close do you feel like you are to finishing the project? You no, know, I like, like I, I got a day job. <laughs> right. So keep my, keep my job and pretty demanding job as, as it is. And, um, it's, so it's not like it takes that much time. It's, it's the long gaps in between picking it up and working on it. So, and I think I, the last two weeks I've been just been on a, a tear and it, it's, it's amazing when they, God puts this kind of thing in your heart. You, it's, it's like, you have to get it out, you know? And I started off thinking, I'm just going to put all this into a, a, a Microsoft word document that my kids could read someday. And it feels so, it's like the, it's just such a burden just to get it out and get it out somewhere and maybe it'll just be self-published on amazon that'll be enough you know i just want to we'll see but we'll see hopefully someone could benefit from it well i think you know you and i agree it's like an it's such an important thing and so many christians have just it's well the default setting of the human heart is towards 
hard work and performance. It's, That's right. Religiosity. Yeah. And and that default setting is so, you know, once we become a, a follower of Jesus, it it doesn't mean that that de default setting goes away. No. You know, it can still get tripped. We can still oh. fall back into it. Yeah. These examples, my, um, uh, my wife and I were just talking about this, going through Bible study materials that are supposedly, you know, Christian evangelical Bible study materials that still default to that single line way of thinking. Now that you're saved, here's a list of six tips and tricks you've got to do. You know, here's 10 steps, easy steps to fill the gap between you and God. You've got a lot of work to do. And these are things you have to do instead of seeing all those things in through a gospel lens, right? And pulling you back to Jesus. But it's falling right back in the religiosity. And then the other thing I think, and this is part of the evangelism thing, is even as you're describing the gospel to people, they use that lens to, to hear everything you're saying. They hear everything right. you're saying through that lens. If you, so if you say, I am not trying to achieve anything on my own. I'm a wretched sinner, wretched, poor, and blind. God gave me his righteousness. I have no, no righteousness on my own whatsoever. You're describing the gospel in words. The listener, the non-Christian listener, especially today, hears you through the single line lens. They do. They're applying that to you, even if you're not, describing a single line you're describing a something totally radically different they'll say oh they'll say things like oh yeah i i i hear what you're saying you got it all figured out don't you you think you're so good and you're at the top of some line you're trying to get me to i hear it you're trying to get me to climb adopt your religion and you say no i'm not no 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 i'm not it's the gospel it's radically different than all that yeah 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 i know i know i know i know they they've tuned you out already because they are hearing you through that so i think that's and the, this is this is the thing in a nutshell. Let's let's go to this part two of the podcast. I want because I want to hear about your trip. But the, the thing is, this whole the reason I'm fired up about the book, this little illustration, and the way you know it's laid out, the way I've laid it out, the, the contrast between the single line and the double line makes the whole thing really crystal clear in about five minutes. You can describe mm -hmm. it as up in five, maybe maybe two minutes. You know, it's and and you can listen like I did to years and years of great preaching like Tim Keller, and you could it's all in there, and you could get it. You could just read the Bible and get it. But the, 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 you know, the the illustration does in a minute. You say that's it. It just clicks like that's it. That's the contrast. It lays it out, and then because you have the paradigm in front of you graphically, you can then hear those things and say, ah, now it makes sense. And that's the I think a unique contribution of the book. So stay tuned. Well, they say, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So Amen. Um, I love, I love, um, you know, in, in my ministry, I love sharing little illustrations, simple illustrations that, that uh, illustrate profound truth, you know, the bridge to life. And this is one of those illustrations. I shared a form of it with you. You did. Because I was, I was listening to Tim Keller and I was, I was like, there's something different about this. There's something and a, a couple of his talks just kind of came together to me, and I, I, uh, I started using this and sharing this with people, and it, it's 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 exciting. It's a it's a very very important um, thing, and um, it, full attribution. When you read, when you read, I think you saw an early draft, but when uh, readers get a maybe someone gets a, a real book, full att full attribution. There'll be it's either the forward or the first chapter. I'll say like my good friend, Greg Bryan, showed me the basic bones of this illustration because <laughs> I did. I, I And I listened to Keller for years already at that point, saw the basic from you, uh, illustration of the two lines from you. 
um, and then kind of built it out from there. And I think then what I'm trying to draw out and can add to that. And by the way, and then and also for attribution, we've seen it published in a real basic form in a couple other books. And I put all that in the book uh, just, just to give credit where credit's due. But the unique contribution is contrasting it with a single line and then also understanding, well, where does my Christian growth fit in? How my life does change as a Christian. How does that, how, you know, I, I am supposed to become a stronger person. I am supposed to be sinning less, right? Does that, what does that mean? And how does that, how do I, you know, not fall into license and just say, well, fine, I'll do whatever I want or legalism, right? And and say, well, I got to follow a bunch of rules to follow. And in, in, Laying it out the way it's it's laid out is helps make that clear instantly, and then draw those contrasts to say, "Oh, that's how it, all those elements of the Christian life fit in together." Yeah, well, one of the implications you brought up just a few minutes ago that I just think is is huge, and then we'll we'll wrap this up uh, this this part of it is the fact that when we share the gospel with people, they are they they just you know most um, people. They either put you in the camp of you're religious or you're irreligious. And I think a lot of us, um, the reason we're not effective in evangelism is we're we're not good at explaining that we're not we're not religious. We're That's not, right. you know, that um, and we if we could really understand the way people are listening to us and hearing some of the things we're saying, that they're 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 hearing them through that putting us in those two categories. If we could develop tools that will help people see that, no, we're, we're not, we're not, um, we're not religious and we're not irreligious. We believe something totally different. That's life-changing. I think that is, that is huge. And I think this, this illustration that you have does that it, it helps people understand that. So I'm excited for you praying that, you know, you're able to, finish this up and find a publisher and and get this out there and in the meantime we'll just continue to give bits and pieces through the podcast here yeah little uh drips and drabs and uh, help people kind of put it all together so hopefully out, out very soon so we'll see thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel addict podcast feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com Stay tuned for our next episode and remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.